about the things we love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and much shelby is a fugly cow <laughs> of all the lyrics you could have done it's like that felt the truth i am a massive deal is right there like you could have just given me that you could have just let me start this episode with a little ego boost oh my gosh what's wow. the line of um uh, did her boobs get bigger Regina, yeah. Regina. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, okay, okay. I don't know how to start this because it's kind of a messy, you know, we have the movie that came out in 2004. I think, I think we, I think we have to, uh, yeah, we have to start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. And, and move, and move our way forward. I feel like we have to start yeah. with the, with the first movie, then go yeah. to the musical, then go to the musical movie. Yeah. And honestly, we should say, I feel like as a disclaimer, that you and I did work at the literary agency that yes. represented Queen yes. Bees and Wannabes, which is the book yes. that the original Mean which Girls is based both off of. Both of us had access to to read and own hard copies and neither of us read. No. Nope. Correct. Well, I mean, it is like a nonfiction parenting book, basically. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. Yes, I am. It's also sort of fascinating that they never at any because I, I was looking this up when I wrote my Mean Girls review. They never at any point like released it as a movie tie-in or anything. I mean, no, it's like which, so unrelated. <laughs> yes, but also like shocking that they didn't try to grab a quick buck. You know, for sure. Yeah, because they could have easily put a Mean Girls cover on that <laughs> at some point, and it would have sold copies. And sure, people have, would have. But what backlash? He's like teenagers buying this book and then being like, oh, this is just about high school dynamics for parents to become like aware of. I mean, yes. Like it's literally just a parenting book. But I feel like that there are weirder. I mean, maybe not weirder, but like there are other books where they have sold movie (laughs) tie-in versions. And it's like, this is not really what this is, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I think the publisher definitely was like, you know what? We'll sit this one out. And probably regrets it but i think it was also self-aware like you know i applaud them for not taking the like bait because i don't think it really would have worked um but yeah the cover is definitely outdated i don't even remember when the book came out probably like early 2000s yeah 2002 is when the book came out and then the original movie came out in 2004 yeah so tina fey just somehow saw this and was like you know what I can make this something. <laughs> and this was before Tina Fey was like famous, famous. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, well, like, when, she, was, when was 30 Rock? I mean, obviously, a, she's after been a that, writer. she's been like a yes. comedy writer, but not yes. like a household name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She might, maybe she was on SNL at this point, I guess. But, um, yeah. but yeah, oh, the movie came out in 2004, but I did not see it then. I mean, as we've, <laughs> discussed ad nauseum on this podcast i was not allowed to watch things and i would have been like i guess maybe like 13 when this movie came out but um you're like i'm not gonna do the math on air no no i would have been younger than that in 2004 i would have been like 12 i guess 
I mean, I was born like late in 1991, so I was oh, basically okay. born okay. in 1992. Yeah. You so um, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but I didn't see it then. I don't think I saw this until I want to say college. Like, I obviously knew some of the quotes from it and stuff, but I didn't really see it until college. I've seen it definitely multiple times since. And then obviously lots of the, you know, more famous scenes and whatever pop up on social media from time to time or I've watched on YouTube and whatnot. So I feel like I have a decent handle on Mean Girls the movie, but not to the extent some people do where they can quote all of these you know lines and whatever i mean i can quote the main ones but like yeah, not um when i saw it because i i definitely like was very aware of it i feel like it's been forced down my throat my entire you know youth and then but i'm trying to i don't remember like obviously i didn't see it in theaters but i feel like it was fairly quickly after that and maybe that's because i have older siblings but you know what i never really liked the movie which i think is obviously a hot take it wasn't like I was like mad about it. It was just like, oh yeah. It's like I felt like people thought it was funnier than it was, which <laughs> I think I recognize I'm in the major- minority there, but Well, I do think that's interesting because and we'll talk about the new movie version obviously, but I I feel like fan people who I have spoken to since they've seen it yeah. have varied greatly on whether they liked it or not. And yeah. I think the more you like the original, sort of the less you like the new version. Correct. Or that's something that I have seen. Like, people like, they yeah. didn't do this, they did this too much, they yeah, didn't no. do this enough, you know, the, it wasn't Rachel McAdams, all kinds of things. Um, yeah. So I it's do think that plays in. It's definitely a cult in. favorite. It, like, definitely... Right. It was in the zeitgeist. Like, obviously, it's been referenced. Like, everyone was, like, freaking out when Thank You Next was basically a parody of this like it is part of the millennial zeitgeist and i think i probably was just like you guys clueless is right there clueless is better i was always a clueless stan and then like so i just my sister-in-law was just visiting and she's like yeah i've never seen mean girls and it was like we could either watch mean girls 13 going on 30 or clueless and i was like Clueless is a better high school movie, but I, she watched Mean Girls. and I, I mean, I do think Clueless is a better movie than Mean Girls. I will say, though, that there are a lot of these movies that are very hyped up to me. And then I saw them later on because I didn't see them when they came out. And when I finally yeah. saw them, I thought, oh, really, this is what we've been excited about. And right. I do think Mean Girls is a good movie and yeah. has a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. It has the thing in a comedy which I love, which is lots of like sort of random aside jokes that are yeah, not yeah. the main joke. Like I feel like in recent years we have gotten these comedies that are so like written by the studio that like the jokes are like main things and it's not like a movie full of just random stuff going on and random jokes which is why something like you've got mail and clueless and and like even princess diaries and stuff pop because there's so many other things like you can watch it 10 times and there's all of these weird little references and i think that mean girls does have that with all of the other people at the school and just random aside comments like there's so much fun stuff there that i do think it is a better movie than you know, a lot of things that have probably reached this kind of cult status. Yeah. And it wasn't even like the greatest film of its year. Like no one, it was sort of like mixed reviews, mixed favor, favorability amongst like audience members, but it just like grew with the youth culture at the time, I think, and became this cult classic. And of course it happened to star 
you know, it was a huge, it was originally like Lindsay Lohan's the big title, but then of course, um, Rachel McAdams was like stealing the show and went on to become this huge actress. And so I think there's, and, and Amanda, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, it definitely like was benefiting from this excellent cast right on the cusp of stardom. Um, so I don't want to pretend it's not like a good movie. It just wasn't always my favorite. And I think that will inform my opinions as we yes. go forward. <laughs> no, I agree. Because then the musical version of this came out on Broadway when I lived when I lived yes. in New York. So I saw it on Broadway and you also saw it on Broadway. Yeah. I yes. I came back and saw it. So I had already moved and I'd my friend was in it. And so like in the ensemble. And eventually played um, the hot guy. Aaron Samuels. Yeah. Um, So I, when I visited again, got tickets, got to see it. And Renee Rapp was in the cast at that point. And I got to go backstage and like, you know, everything. And it was a lot of fun that way. Um, But yeah, this was sort of like, I think Legally Blonde came out around the same time on Broadway. Like, I feel like it was oh, this era. No, Legally Blonde was way earlier. Like, <laughs> I just associate them in my mind. Maybe it was because it was also like Legally Blonde. Yeah, like Legally Blonde was out when I was like in high school. Yeah. So I think that came out like a full decade before this. Man, but I this- just have so many memories of like, ugh, Broadway's not original anymore. It's just well, like... I do think that this was def like Legally Blonde, I think, was sort of novel in when it came out at the time, because I don't think that there were a ton of movie to musical adaptations yet at that point. It was mostly the other way around where, you know, like the musical becomes the movie. Um, And then but then Legally Blonde did well. And I feel like Mean Girls was coming out around the same time as, you know, like Pretty Woman, the musical. Mm. And and now there's, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire and Devil Wears Prada and Back to the Future. And basically any movie that you could think of, they, they're trying to turn into a musical. Um, and when was Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Because there was also this era of like turning against Tina Fey. Was that like after that the Broadway premiere? before. I think that that came out. Yeah. Because that came out while I was in, like, I think right after I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like right after I came out um, in, of college was when the show premiered. Yeah. So that was like maybe 2015. But, but I feel like the turning against Tina Fey was like at the midpoint of that show. So that was probably like 2016, 2017 and that was also around the time where we got like what was the like sisters and wine country just like tina fey was making these movies that weren't really doing that well that weren't that funny and then people sort of went back and reassessed and were like wait she has a lot of jokes about like native american people or black people like she's like there's certain things that are kind of offensive um and yeah, Mean Girls the Musical came out at the same time. But but Mean Girls the Musical oh. did what? Oh, so Mean Girls the Musical came out in 2018. Yes. Oh, okay. So you'd been in New York a while. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. no, yeah, but Kimmy Schmidt came out yeah, right yeah, after yeah. I went to college. Yeah, because um, yeah, okay, so yeah, I remember I was like, oh, of course she's going back to Mean Girls. Like she hasn't been relevant since then, you know, like just a Really yeah, good, like, and I don't know. I guess I don't know how long uh, Mean Girls the musical 
like had been gestating because obviously by the time a show gets to Broadway, yeah. it's gone through a lot of iterations. So I assume that whenever that process started, it was probably like 2014 or something. Yeah, Mean Girls was in the works by 2013. Mean Girls okay. Musical. Um, and Tina Fey wrote the script for the original Mean Girls movie. Correct. And then wrote the book, which is the talking parts for... <laughs> Mean Girls, the musical, but obviously yes. she is not writing the music. So the so Mean Girls, the musical on Broadway, she has like I mean, she's obviously like in charge of and is a producer and stuff, but has less sort of power in that because a lot of it is taking stuff from the movie and then just translating it into songs. Um, and she's not well, writing. But it's any not of the songs. just like it's not like Hamilton where it's just music. So there is a lot of talking and there is right. a lot of stuff yes. that she did write. Yes, but there's also a lot of music. Yes, there is. The, because the, and we'll get into this when we're talking about the musical movie, but like they cut like about half the songs from the musical for the movie because yeah. the the musical is like two and a half hours long. It's lots and lots of music um, as musicals are. And yeah, I, I saw it with the original Broadway cast. So Renee Rapp was not there. I famously, uh, when I, the the day that I went and saw it, and I think probably this was a common thing, it was mostly women in the audience. And so <laughs> I went and saw it and I was in the line or I went and used the bathroom and the only people who were in the bathroom were me and Jin from Lost <laughs> peeing together at the urinals. And you're like, exciting. wow, this elevated the experience. Well, yes. Of well, yes. Celebrity sighting. And, um, yeah. but I... Again, I'm not as attached to the movie. I really did like the musical. Not in necessarily a, like, wow, the jokes are funny or whatever, or storyline, but in I thought the music was catchy in a lot of regards. And a bunch of the songs I downloaded to Spotify. I've listened to the soundtrack a decent amount since then. Um, And yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was like pretty well done. The thing I didn't like about the Broadway show is that it really heavily used screens. Mm-hmm. Like this like there was basically no set. It was just like these giant screens in the background yeah. that would sort of like change to whatever the setting was, which I thought was kind of lazy and boring. But I liked the music. I liked the music. I liked the um cast like uh ashley park who is in the new movie but also has a big role in like emily in paris and she's in girls five eva she was gretchen wieners at the time um and she was in the road trip movie the girl they go to the asian girl road oh joyride yes which i didn't see (laughs) yeah well good for you (laughs) <laughs> but she was I, good in it. I she made me cry in a movie I absolutely hated. So that's hard to do, you know that balance. So yes, props to her. Um, yeah, but so but yeah. I liked the movie, or I liked the musical. I feel like of the movie to musical adaptations, with the exception of Legally Blonde, like it is probably the best one that I've seen since I've mm. lived here. And I've yeah, I've listened to the music since when they announced that they were doing a movie version of the musical. I feel like there was a lot of pushback to that of like, we already have a Mean Girls. We don't need another one. Like, this is a cash grab, whatever. I was not opposed to it because I did like the 
musical, I guess. I don't know. I was kind of like, sure, whatever. Like, of the Hollywood cash grabs that I have been forced to watch in the past (laughs) 10 years, like, this is not the most offensive thing that I've been forced to sit through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, give me this over Transformers 6 or give me this (laughs) over the Disney live action remakes or give me this over Fantastic Beasts. Like, I was not perturbed. Yeah. Yeah, I... I didn't love the musical. It wasn't like, again, oh, this is bad. It was just like not my cup of tea. To me, I felt like a lot of the music was the same. It felt really music heavy in a way that didn't justify it because a lot of them, like a lot of it just bled together for me. Like, yes, there were standouts like the sexy song and the revenge party. Um, But for me, the energy was so almost monotone. Like every voice sounded the same. Every song sounded the same all the energy was the same. And a lot of it felt like, I don't know, you get into this point when you have a cult classic where they just have to regurgitate the same jokes or else people get mad. And so having not been a huge fan of the movie, watching the play, I was like, okay, it's the same Glenn Coco setup. It's the same, like, I don't know, like everything, every plot point's the same. All the like reveals are the same. The only thing they like messed with was sort of the, affair (laughs) where in the musical the regina george is cheating on aaron inside the mascot costume which was such a weird strange i loved that i thought it was so funny (laughs) and so it was like there were a few things where i'm like okay that was like a fun twist but all in all it keeps pretty it keeps pretty honest to the original plot and like the same jokes and kind of the same beats and all of that so I was like less interested in the movie, pro- the movie musical, probably just because I was like, okay, I mean, it's so much like Mean Girls, the movie that is also not that old that it sort of feels like, what are we doing here? Like, why do we keep? Why is this the only thing we can think to do? Is just to like <laughs> regurgitate the same story in slightly different formats. Um, so yeah, I wasn't like necessarily excited for it, but I also was not emotionally attached to it that I wasn't too concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's maybe similar for me. Um, Yeah. And yeah, it is like, it is difficult with the, when you're adapting, yeah, such a cult classic, because you have to have all these lines in there, but then it's like, okay, stop making fetch happen is not that funny, the like 83rd time that you've heard it, but they can't really like revamp it in too many ways. The... They did sort of update for the musical and try to put it in today's setting where, like, people have cell phones and that kind of a thing, which is a slightly interesting kind of uh, involves some tweaks. And then so for the movie, they also kept that. So this is, like, set in 20, you know, 23 or whatever it is. Um, Like, TikTok is a thing. It's not your mother's mean girls. Right. It's not your mother's mean girls is... (laughs) And so some of the plot lines are kind of updated for that. Um, They've taken out some of, you know, the jokes that were maybe more off color or that haven't aged as well. They've, the cast is a lot more diverse. They've sort of revamped some things. Um, So yeah, I was excited to see it. They also, I think, sort of made an interesting choice when it comes to movie musicals where they were like, 
it's almost like a hybrid between the original yeah. movie and the movie music or and the musical because rather than do the normal thing which is you sort of like take all the songs from the musical and maybe cut a couple of them down but like it's mostly music they made a movie that's basically the an updated version of the original mean girls that includes like the 10 best songs from the musical so it's almost more like a disney musical where <laughs> it's like you're going sort of like through the sets and then you get to a song every like 10 15 minutes then it is where then it is something like hairspray where most of the plot development and whatever is happening in the songs because there's so many of the songs yeah which yeah. in some regards I I liked and I was sort of like this is a new interesting model that I think we could use for certain musicals and stuff going forward because I do think that there are some adaptations where we like don't necessarily need all the songs from the musical and we could sort yeah. of I don't know like I think this is a nice format to have in the back of our minds when we're going forward with movie musicals in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, did not care. I wasn't attached. But I had a lot of fun with this movie. I was surprised by that. I felt like it was actually the best of it, of its iterations for me. One, because it was streamlined in a way where it cut the fat from, well, <laughs> not really, well, but it trimmed We'll down. get into that. It trimmed down some of the, like, more, I don't know, kind of like the, the movie itself, the Mean Girls movie, I think want to say it is longer than this musical movie or at least it felt so in my mind I feel like it gets kind of like burdened with a lot of the you know a lot of the plot there's a lot of things to get through um in the musical similarly like I said it felt like it had a lot a lot of the same notes but this movie it it moved uh, fast. that is it fake was news like... the original is 97 <laughs> minutes and the remake is 112 I don't know what it is but maybe it's because I've had to watch it so well many there times is less plot like, okay, because i mean if you think of like this none most of the songs in this are not like plot songs yeah. so in order to put like i don't know what 60 minutes of music or whatever into this yeah. movie they did have to cut a lot of the plot yeah like i remember so much like in the original movie you have like you know, Lindsay Lohan's inner monologue. So it's a lot of like, oh, we are going to give her this foot lotion for her face and we are going to do this. And so there's like a lot of explaining and then reacting to it and then the inner monologue of how she feels about it as she turns into a plastic. And so there's like a lot more like you're in Katie's mind for a lot of it. Whereas this, it's very much like, you know, it, it's just you get what you get. And it all, since I think they trust the audience knows exactly what's going on with this revenge mix, you really just like, get it through one single song like one three minute act where it's like this is what we're doing to ruin Regina's life and and so I like I was having a good time I felt like I felt like the humor was there I definitely recognized that they were trying to Gen Z it but it was still very millennial and so I could anticipate like that this maybe wasn't hitting the mark that they wanted to with a younger audience but for me as a millennial I enjoyed like the cameos the like I Carly jokes like to me I felt like it was fresh enough that it took the best of these earlier iterations and made it like more fun and kind of colorful and accessible not saying it was perfect it felt very much geared towards TikTok um but I didn't mind it and so I had a good time which I think is unique because I think a lot of people did not like this <laughs> 
I also enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I was worried that it was just going to be a bunch of regurgitated joke that I had heard before. But I think yeah. that Tina Fey, who wrote the script, like definitely went in and added a bunch of new, like, like random sort of asides and whatnot and tweaked a bunch of things. Yeah. And that there. So I had fun. I also liked the music that's in it. So I enjoyed those sequences as well. Um, I think that it's it's hard when you're making a remake like this because you have the loyal fans who are going to be super yes. nitpicky. And they were, I think, in a lot of regards. But then you also are trying to get new fans who maybe like either haven't seen the original Mean Girls or just don't know it well. So while in some ways you can rely on the plot of the original, I think that there are some, like, I think that Regina specifically is a lot more fleshed out as a character in the original than she yeah. is in this. So she she mostly just sort of walks around in this movie <laughs> and, like, has some songs, but, like, I don't feel like is a fleshed out character in yeah. any capacity. Like she is the flattest character in the mix, which is not great given what an iconic I mean, character she is. Except probably I, Janice. I guess. Yes. But, ev- but I feel like even in like, like Gretchen Wieners and um, oh, I guess yeah Gretchen has her song so like yeah. like they have yeah. m- like slightly more going on where Regina George is just like I'm cool and that's yeah. the extent of it. She's a massive deal. Right. And there's nothing <laughs> and there's nothing like behind the curtain there, which I think is also sort of a disservice to Renee Rapp as an actor who doesn't get to do very much. So I I wonder like with Gen Z people, like if you hadn't seen the original and you were just watching this, like if there are certain things where you're like, what is going on here? Like why isn't the why isn't there more of this? But yeah, in general, I liked it. Yeah. I think that my the thing that is most interesting to me in sort of like an almost academic way is what changes were made <laughs> from the original to the musical to this yeah. and like why those changes were made and why they included like what to include and what not to include. Like yeah. I would love a like Vanity Fair-esque interview that's like 45 like, minutes of Tina Fey, yeah. of them just being like, why did you get rid of this joke? Why did you change this joke? Why did you decide to include this plot point, but not this other plot point? Yeah. Because it's sort, like some of it you can tell, you know, like in the original movie, they call Janet a dyke, which yeah. is not like a term that, you necessarily want to throw around anymore so they've changed it to this weird like oh it's a some it's a it's a shortened version of something like less pyro or something. yeah or something yeah and it's like okay i guess like that makes more sense or like they change fugly slut in the original to fugly cow because you know they don't want to do like slut shaming and as much yeah. so I, there's certain things where or like the think- whole pl- the whole plot line where she grows up in Kenya. And so there's a lot of kind of random like Africa jokes in the original. And then also in the remake, almost all of those are gone to the extent where they completely rewrote Caddy's like opening song because in the musical, it's all about Africa stuff. And they're like, maybe (laughs) we need to adapt that. Well, I think they did an interview where she's like, she talked about how they changed 
the fat virgin burn to like horny shrimp. And she's like, I know that even Regina would know that that wouldn't fly. So she's going to find a way to inflict pain on people, but she's not going to get herself in trouble. So like all the Regina jokes are sanitized in a way where in Tina Fey's mind, she's hyper fixated on, well, these people wouldn't say this because they don't want to get canceled, which I think is an interesting way to look at writing humor in 2024 because it's like, Tina goes on to say, like, you don't poke in a way that you used to poke, even if your intention was always the same. It's just not how you do it anymore. I very much believe that you can find ways to do jokes with less accidental shrapnel. And I don't know. I think it's interesting because for Rob, the thing that stuck out the most is that in Sexy, there's a lyric of, like, you're sexy Rosa Parks. But he was listening to the new song and they say sexy Joan of Arc. And he got, like, annoyed. He's like, that was the point is that it's not it's not like politically correct, but that's the character. And it's like funny that these teenagers would dress as a sexy Rosa Parks. And like, that's the, that's the funniest bit. Whereas now they like sanitize it, but it's like, why? Like, what is the, is it just to protect the filmmakers from, from criticism or does it actually like serve the characters in the story? And so I think that's like an interesting issue when you're, not only recreating something that's already been done, but you're also sanitizing jokes to what end, you know? Well, the two movies that I kept thinking about while we were watching this was one, Do Revenge, and two, mm. Senior Year, which yeah. I think both are about, like, bullies in high school and the sort of high school, like, um, <laughs> hierarchy, but yeah. set in a modern setting where yeah it's like you can see i think in both of those movies how the person who's the bully and the things that they're bullying about are different and are much more like politically correct and sort of woke and some of the bullying is like oh that person's like not woke so like we can't hang out with them like (laughs) it's very interesting the way that that's portrayed i think and i think in both of those movies it's done well and in a fun way where I feel like this does sort of have a like okay well how like what does a millennial think that a Gen Z would think that a millennial you know like it has some of the thought process where it's like I don't think this is actually correct and how this would go but this is sort of like what a what because Tina Fey is actually not even a millennial, really. She's like a yeah. Gen X person. So it's like what a Gen X person thinks a Gen Z person would yeah. do. Like, it, there's certain things where I'm like, this kind of works. But then there's other things where it's like, I don't think this works in the same regard. And yeah, the like sexy Rosa Parks joke is an odd one to change. Because I don't think that that actually like needs to be changed. And then... Yeah. And so I guess let's get into the, the, the plot point that I felt like was the most well, wait, but I want to of... know more of oh, the changes. Okay. Do you know some of them? Like, because I saw that was a criticism where it's like they changed the weirdest lines. They they removed the like most, you know. Well, like, like did anything else stand out to you of like the weird corrections? Well, the I mean, the thing that I thought that I know the the like. Um, they're making the like mascot thing where they they mm. switched it from like Regina's having sex in a mascot costume to them having sex in like a hall in like a hall closet. Yeah. I thought was weird because I thought the mascot bit was really funny. Yeah. Um, they 
And um, they changed like Regina is a fugly slut to Regina is a fugly cow, which I thought was right, whatever. So but that was in the original yeah. musical. The some of the um, like in Revenge Party, they changed some of the like ways that people die, you know, because because that whole party's oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. With entrails all over the lawn and right. like some of those lines were changed. And I can't remember exactly which ones and what they were changed yeah. to. But I remember thinking as I'm listening, like they're changing lyrics here. And I don't feel like the original version of this had like lyrics that were that needed to be changed. Um, I yeah, I'm like, I bet there's an article somewhere that goes through yeah. all of the different changes that they made to the songs. No, but that is interesting. And then, I noticed the orchestration differences, and I liked yes. the movie music more. I liked that Katie had a different style of singing because, like I said, in the in the stage production, she has the same sort of aggro energy. And so a lot of people were mad about the Calculus song. Um, the Oh, yeah. I did not like that. <laughs> Whereas I like liked it because it felt like it changed. Like it allowed her to have a different type of character. And like, I don't necessarily think she's the strongest singer by any means, but I liked that there was a diversity in the musical instrumentation and kind of um, production of these instead of them all sounding like the same sort of robust um, revenge party style musical moments. So I didn't mind those changes, but I know some people did. Um, but I liked that they kind of played with the music to make it more to make it different. And I, I don't know if that was intentionally to be like, we have to be different than the stage or if it served the voices and sort of the energy they needed for these different set pieces and whatnot. But I'm guessing not everyone loved that. And <laughs> and that's fair. That's fine. You know, the stage is there for a reason. But I personally felt like it worked better as a musical in this instance. Um, but I do think the plot sort of what you're gearing up for is is truly sort of the like albatross of this of this story well yeah the thing that i thought was to talk about like the musical changes i i think that in general they picked the best songs to keep and they got rid of some of the songs that didn't stand out as much but i do feel like with that song in particular the stupid with love like there's lines that they kept but rather than having like the actual like emotional intonation, they were trying to make it fit the, the sort of like more folksy or whatever mm, version mm -hmm. of the song. So, so she sings like I'm filled with calculus. And it's like, yeah. that is just so boring to sing it that way when that is a really funny joke. And in yeah. the musical, it's much more like horny energy. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so I do feel like there's certain things like that where, or even like revenge party, in they made the sequence like in the musical it's much more like uh sort of like ominous kind of and angry because it, it has all of this like murder mm -hmm. imagery in it and in the musical for whatever reason they made it like a sort of like hippie rainbow party yeah, kind of in the hallway trip. of yeah. the school <laughs> which makes sense for the party part of the song but doesn't make sense for the revenge part mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. like 
I don't know why you would keep Revenge Party and keep some of the lines, but then change others of the lines and then make it this like confetti thing, which doesn't really fit with the song. Like, I don't know. There was some things like that where I'm just like, what is exactly happening here? Where I feel like with the Apex Predator song, they they staged that one great because it's it's all of these people doing like choreographed kind of animal dances like on the lawn and it works really well because like the song fits the choreography and, and it all just like meshes yeah but yes let's get into the plot I'm point that i about the the budget now because it did feel like limited in a strange way um where it wasn't like as big production numbers as something like in the heights um it was very like contained and even though i had fun like watching sexy and the revenge party it does start to feel like they were limited in how much how big they could go because it was just confetti cannons it was just like you know one one of the biggest numbers is just a track shot of a girl running through high school so it's like there wasn't like a lot of time spent on set or design and there was a lot of elf product placement so i wonder if it was just kind of a smaller budget film than i maybe expected yeah there was also like the a lot of uh, liquid um product placement as well i was really (laughs) realizing of like there was so many shots of like with that prt or whatever um and i was like everybody's drinking tea uh in this movie uh but no let's get into it let's get into it yeah okay so in the run-up to this movie I obviously knew they were changing things and they cast Renee Rapp. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you have been following Renee Rapp as a actor slash singer, she is very outspoken. She was originally on, I feel like she sort of came to fame, I guess, as the replacement on, mm-hmm. or was she a social media person? Like, I, I guess I don't know what she was famous for. I, became aware of her when she was on Mean Girls as the replacement yeah. at for Regina George. Um, and one of the plot lines or storylines that I feel like has come out of that. And then she was on Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, and, she's, and she had an album come out. She's been on tour. A lot of the press that she's done has been around like body image mm-hmm. and how when she was on Sex Lives of College Girls, she's like a little bigger, a little curvier. Um, when she was on Mean Girls, she had a, an eating disorder. There was a lot of, she was like depressed and had a lot of anxiety because people who like producers and stuff said that she was too big. They changed her outfits to mm-hmm. the point where her family had to fly in to New York and sort of like try to convince her to quit the show because it was hurting her mental health so much because of the body image issues. As it turned out, COVID happened. And so the show got canceled anyway. So it was sort of a moot point, but she said all of this stuff in the press leading up to the movie as she's done press for these other shows and whatnot. Yeah. So when the, and in, I feel like the promo imaging for the movie Like, she is in outfits that are accentuating the fact that she is curvier and not, like, one of these twiggy 2004 stick-thin models, you know, like um, Rachel McAdams was and the cast was in 2004 because, you know, that was very much the vibe. And I also feel like, as a society in general, we 
there is still a lot of body image problems mm-hmm. going on and obviously there's a lot of like casting of people who are too thin and eating disorders and whatever but sort of like as a textbook you know like we're more pc like all bodies are beautiful you know it, we're casting more diverse people more diverse bodies you know runways and stuff have people who are not who are you know quote unquote plus size you know not like size zero models yeah and one of the plot lines in the original and also in the musical is that part of the revenge is going to be that we are going to make Regina fat. And that's sort of the worst thing that you can do to somebody is to make them fat. And then they are a pariah in school, which do I think that still happens in 2024? Absolutely. But I think like you, like we were talking about with the kind of jokes earlier, like I think that there's more you have to sort of be like more creative and insidious in how you do that because I think just like fat shaming people in 2024 is a bad look and people know that's bad luck so coming into the watching the movie musical I was interested to see what they were going to do with that very major plot point of okay we're going to get Regina to eat these Keltine bars and make her fat so that she becomes not popular when you have an actress who is already talked about an eating disorder related to this franchise and also is just bigger in general and we're sort of like costuming her to accentuate that fact and we're not gonna like try and make her um you know like lose a lot of weight or look super skinny for this movie so i thought that they would probably either get rid of the fat plot line altogether or make it smaller or some and somehow make the revenge work in a different direction because also it's not like there's any songs in the musical that are specifically about like fat Regina or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think in the meet the plastics, the, my name is Regina George song. She has a line where she says, I never weigh more than one fifteen. Yes. Well, I mean, there's like lines, but it's not like, Oh, there's an iconic song. That's like fat Regina. And we would like have to keep that because we want to keep that song in the musical. You know, like it feels, it felt to me like everything that like that, it would have been fairly easy to, yeah, tweak things. So I was, astonished (laughs) watching the movie when not only did they keep that plot line but they made it worse in the Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. where the Christmas sort of um, gaffe at the talent show is now not oh Gretchen like kicks the boombox into somebody's face but is that Regina is so fat that we can't lift her properly and so the thing gets derailed and then She's eating these Keltine bars that she can't sit at the table because the only clothes that she'll fit into are a sweatpants set. She's yeah. on the treadmill, like in a famous uh, eating disorder sort of complex of like trying to treadmill your the weight off and like manically running while she's eating these diet bars that are supposed to help her lose weight. I was just depressed, like, yeah. yeah, like this is just such not a good look like such i don't know like dark creepy imagery especially when you think about the fact that like regina that renee rap has slash had you know an eating disorder Mm -hmm. that was related to this property already so i was just so confused why they kept that in there 
and why that was happening. And I've yeah. seen some people talk about it, but for me, I was I left the theater being like that was like so glaring to me. Yeah. And I feel like it has not had that same response necessarily on social media, well, or at least that I've seen. It's like it's just been accepted. It's that's the Mean Girls plot. But yeah, I totally get your point. And I think it's weird that they would change something like, oh, sexy Rosa Parks, but they leave in the line of I've never weighed more than 115. Even though I remember that being the like, <laughs> they cast this girl for that line. And it's just like, that was what that was what the headlines were about when she originally started on Broadway. And then to have her sing it again in this iteration, it's like, if you can rewrite music, that seems like the one line to cut. And I don't well, think they did. I mean, maybe I need to dig in more, but I I think it's still in there. Um, I think they might have cut that, actually. But I guess I don't remember as clearly because that song is early enough in the movie that I didn't... Uh, yeah. You that I sort of hadn't it. clocked this plot yet. But also, like, they changed Fugly Slut to Fugly Cow, which is, again, a, mm, a yeah. reference to weight gain rather yeah. than being slutty. Um, so, yeah, maybe yeah. they did change it. But I, yeah, it's sort of like, it's strange because they try to, like, play into the TikTok era of, like, viral videos and constant commentary from strangers on the internet. And they were pretty careful to avoid any fat shaming. Like some of it after the after the um, musical number, the talent show is sort of like, oh, wow, she's huge or whatever. But it wasn't like a central part of the reason people turned against Regina. Like it was – it's like they almost changed it enough, but then they also didn't change the – obvious revenge point so it is strange that they were like trying to have their cake and eat it too um where it wasn't necessarily as obsessed with the calteen bars or like saying like yes she makes a comment about like oh i'm trying to lose three pounds type thing but it is like it seems like the attention was already diverted to this like i don't know different sort of revenge with like the zit and the anger i don't know it, i i feel like it would be easy to shift but i also feel like they're like well this is a story like that's the plot that's well <laughs> we can't change the plot <laughs> i mean it's almost weirder though in this movie because the regina character development is so less like what is the reason why people turn against regina like there's yeah. not it's like it sort of is that she's kind of fat and it's sort of that she's has this zit but and then the talent show thing. But then at the same time, they turn on the sprinklers for her in the um when she's the like homecoming queen, queen yeah. or whatever. And then that turns into a makeup look trend, which I thought was a funny joke that they yeah. added to this, especially yeah. where like Ashley Park is like now doing her makeup in the like <laughs> tear stained way. So I but there's really like no reason why she's not yeah. popular. And I was thinking about do revenge, which again where, like, they sort of, the part, like, some of the ways that Camilla Mendez's character, like, goes after people is by making, as by sort of saying that they're not woke enough, you know, like, yeah. oh, like, yeah. they, like, I heard they have a, you know, fracking farm or whatever, right. like, that kind of a thing. And I'm like, I think you could have easily changed this to like Regina is a mean girl like Regina is a nepo baby Regina like that kind of <laughs> yeah. that kind of a takedown which Make would have been funnier yeah and more yeah. 2024 ish 
rather than this weird sort of like fat plot line that they're going to sort of make bigger, but then also they don't really want to draw attention to it. So they're not. I also think that there's a way that you could keep that plot line in it, but sort of as a movie say, like, isn't this terrible that... Like, like we thought that we were past this as a society, but we're not. This still happens in high school. Yeah. They're still fat shaming, but it's in sort of like a more insidious way. And we're going to make a statement about right. it. Like, but it, it really Katie being like, oh, you know, why are you like perpetuating diet culture? And then everyone's like, oh, yeah, Regina's toxic type thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, or, I think or even kinda... more jokes or even things where people where Caddy's like, wow, like we support our full figured friends, you yeah. know, like that kind of thing where it's like a jab at her, but sort of like in a nice that's less of like a you're fat leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it is it, it, it runs into the same issue where it's like they want Regina to have this sort of redemption arc or kind of this like funny realization that she's part of the problem and like. I liked how they did it in the movie where she's like high on drugs and is sort of apologizing without realizing it. Like Renee Rapp is funny to watch. So by the end of the movie, you are like, oh, yeah, like we're all, you know, like that's how the movie starts is we're all mean sometimes. And so I think there could have been a play where she does have a redemption arc and she is forgivable because, again, they're just children and they're just like figuring their way out. And since the movie wasn't hyper fixated on her weight, like the characters weren't like, oh, you're fat, like you're ugly. It did become weird that she was hyper fixated on it, but it never really like was the issue, you know, like I, I don't know. I think I see your point where it, it could have been changed. But I think, again, people are lazy, people are comfortable. And it's like, that's Mean Girls. That's the Calteen bars. That's the whole you know, she finishes eating and then she just screams bloody murder as she realizes that she's been betrayed this whole time. And I think it's just laziness that they didn't want to sort of revisit that. Yeah. So just cleaned it up around it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And that, but that's what I'm saying, like, that I think is so weird about this movie. Yeah. Is, and that I would love, like, a scholarly <laughs> article on is like why what was changed why was it changed what wasn't yeah. changed like it's so fascinating to me the the thought process of that like adaptation yeah. <laughs> like, what? Uh, why this yeah yeah why this why not that it yeah it's, it's well, and odd. i think it's also interesting i think gen z i think any youth culture that's being you know recognized in a film is constantly going to be like you got us wrong and it's like hard to like n- narrow in on what actually is funny because as you know a younger generation they're constantly like changing and it's hard to like actually make generational gaps like that and that's why I think Clueless works is because the director was literally like just go listen to the world and come back and we'll just put these words in and it'll be a very specific to this exact time and I think that's why the humor still works is because it feels like a little time capsule Whereas this was like, it already started to feel dated as the promos came out. So like Gen Z was tearing apart like the costuming or everyone making fun of the elf product placement when it's like no one who's rich and popular would be using elf as their main makeup brand. And so I think it's like hard that they were trying to cater to this generation, but also still very much unable to access it because it still is like a very millennial film a very millennial story headlined by very 
much older than Gen Z people. So, but it's almost like it's not a movie for Gen Z. Like it is, but but it's a movie for, it's a movie for what millennial people think Gen Z people are because the movie's mostly for millennials. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, add a TikTok number in it. And all of the like 34 year old moms can be like, oh yeah, (laughs) like this is like exactly what TikTok is like. Oh, the iCarly like in French theme song. That's a funny joke because it is a funny joke, but it's also like, I don't know if that's necessarily what kids in high school would think is funny right now. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. Like, do, like, are, do, iCarly? do 17 year olds, yeah, are they obsessed with iCarly? Like, I yeah. don't think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I will say movie. this. It was fun. The best, I feel like the best thing about this, though, was the casting in a lot of ways. I yes. think that they got a lot of fun up and coming ish people. Like, I think the yeah. plastics in particular it was incredible casting and people who I am excited to see get their moment in some ways because Renee Rapp, obviously like such a talented singer and I do like her and love her exec on the press tour. Um, The BB Wood, the girl who plays Gretchen Wiener, I thought she was from um, Love Victor and I thought was the most fun part of that show. And it was also great in this. Um, Avantika, Janice, obviously, a huge yeah, Janice, star. she was amazing. So good. And the and um, Damien is Damien from A Strange Loop and also is great. And then the girl who plays Karen was from Senior Year, oh, and yeah. she's also super funny. She was, and fun. I and so and like all of them are great. Honestly, the the one person who was bad in this was Caddy Heron. I thought, Katie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like she. Like, I know why they cast her because she's definitely, like, the most sort of, quote-unquote, famous person of the group. Like, she's been in a lot of different things, like Mayor of Easttown and whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, uh... Well, it's history repeating itself. It's like, oh, Lindsay Lohan was the star, but then you walk out of the movie and you realize, like, no... It's everyone else around her who's like actually. But Lindsay Lohan has such star quality. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think Lindsay. Yeah, and Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, like, yes, she's not the funniest person, but I think that movie works so well because she is so likable and relatable no, and fun yeah, I, in it. Totally. And and the and she spoiler alert has a cameo in this one yeah <laughs> and i feel like in the two minutes where she is the like guest uh judge She's of like the judge, yeah. trivia competition like it delivers more charisma than the other katie heron in the entire movie yeah. and also just like watching her random netflix christmas movie last year like even though that's a nothing of a movie and so badly written like you just love her the entire time because she just has this like it factor that the new katie does not have no i agree i think everyone was hating on aaron samuels in this but i like i thought he was better i thought he was more serviceable honestly the only person who was like less was like more meh for me was busy phillips i just find her like she does too much you know (laughs) i i didn't hate her but yeah she wasn't like especially since that role was originally amy poehler who's so funny it is tricky to kind of see that happen and i wonder if it wouldn't have been better to get somebody who is almost like more over the top like in real life than somebody who is trying to be over the top for the movie, you know? Like someone who's more like zany comedian energy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I don't think a lot of people liked this. I think it is kind of a mid film for a lot of people. But as someone who didn't love either iteration before it, I felt like this was fun. And I feel like I liked the musical numbers more. But I do think it suffers from a lot of the same problems you see in the in the first few. Yeah, I mean, it has a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not bad. And then it's like made decent amount of money for a January movie. So I think I've just seen a lot of people making fun of it on TikTok. And actually the guy next to me as the movie started, he's like, is this a musical? (laughs) Famous. He was just dragged there by his partner or friend or whatever yeah but which w- that's a whole nother aspect is the fact that they didn't market this as a musical at all even yeah though it is one which is weird um yeah. but yeah overall not a terrible like in the pantheon of january movies this was <laughs> better than most okay. so yeah. <laughs> yeah i'll take it we're off to a decent yeah. start yeah. for 2024 put that in um, review yeah <laughs> Yes. And speaking of 2024, I think next week we'll be doing our 2024 preview yes. of all the movies that are coming out. We'll finally get to talk about Civil War. <laughs> Civil War, uh, Furiosa, yes. the yes. Ana de Armas John Wick prequel, oh, the yeah. Joker There's, sequel. Okay, okay. There's a oh. lot going on yeah. uh, this year. Yeah. Well, There's maybe so. a new Jordan Peele movie coming out, unclear. Um, so lots, lots, lots happening. And yeah. I'll, we'll be excited to get into it. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank wait. you for listening to this. You guys are so fetch for doing this. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>